From Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. Starting October 2019, actress Jane Fonda led weekly Fire Drill Fridays protests at the U.S. Capitol to urge lawmakers to recognize and take action on the climate crisis. Morgan Chase is one of the funders of the Tech Frontier Mine of Line 3 of the Keystone XL Project. We must take our money out of these banks. Join our struggle as we fight the Alberta tar sands. The final D.C. protest was held Friday, January 10th, 2020, with more than 130 people arrested. A lot of us are going to get arrested today. But let us remember that we are not the criminals. The criminals are the people who are letting this world burn for money. Those are the criminals. And we are going to clear away all of the debris, the debris of the climate change deniers funded by fossil fuel money. We are going to clear away the debris of the distractors telling us everything else is more important. Trump's latest tweet, the royal family's fashions, all of that, clear away that debris. All this and more coming up. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Ivarum. For this hour, voices from the Fire Drill Friday's climate protest held January 10, 2020, outside the U.S. Capitol, organized and emceed by actress Jane Fonda. This protest focused on the role of banks and other financial institutions in continuing to fund the extraction of oil, gas, and coal that is making the earth uninhabitable. I cannot tell you how moving this is. All of us remember three and a half months ago the very first fire drill Friday, there were maybe 20 people. <laughs> we're building an army, folks. We gotta make it big. I'm so grateful that you're here. There's a young woman here who's been at almost every Fire Drill Friday. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Sawyer. I want us all to open our hearts for a moment for the people in Australia who are living in an inferno as a result of the climate crisis. People are, who are losing their homes, who are fleeing their lands. A land that has recently lost to the fires what is reported to be a billion animals. Our hearts go out to them. Another thing I want to mention is in the last few days the specter of war has loomed again. And earlier this last year that we had a, a fire drill Friday that focused on the war and military and climate. And I don't know, maybe some of you were there. I, I learned a lot during that rally. And one of the things that I learned is that the, the climate movement and the anti-war movement must move as one. Most of you have never lived at a time when wars weren't about oil. 
War is bad for climate. And climate, the climate crisis makes our nation and all nations less secure. So I just wanted to say that because if we are called again to confront this administration about the possibility of going to war, we all have to rally. Anti-war and climate people, we all have to rally together on behalf of diplomacy and not war. Climate change is war, yes. Today is the last fire drill Friday in D.C., but as you will hear at the end of our program today, it is not the last fire drill Friday. But I want us all to remember that the student climate strikers who are here before me and will continue after me, they are here every Friday protesting the climate crisis, sacrificing a lot to do that. And I want to, I want to thank them because that's where my inspiration came from, these young people that are so brave and are sacrificing so much. It's harder than we old people. And there's a lot of us here. <laughs> because we're leading the way. Especially older women. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But please, please, let's show our support to the young students who have been sacrificing so much to protest in favor of their future. Okay, so what's in store for the climate movement in 2020? As you all know, we cannot burn all of the coal, the gas, the oil that's in the ground. We cannot burn it all and stay within the parameters of what science tells us we must do. We have to cut our fossil fuel emissions by 50% in 10 years. That is a massive undertaking, and we can't do it if the fossil fuel industry keeps expanding. So, why are fossil fuel companies continuing to expand? Why are they still drilling and fracking and mining? And why are the big Wall Street banks and other international financial institutions still helping them drill and frack and mine? and process and export. It's called suicide investing. It's insane. And one of the worst defenders is J.P. Morgan Chase. It's one of the largest sources of capital to the fossil fuel industry in their quest to drill and frack and mine. And we cannot let Chase and other financial institutions continue this way. At the end of the rally, you're going to hear from Annie Leonard, the director of Greenpeace USA, who's going to tell all of us the plans for expanding Fire Drill Friday. Extractions can't expand, but the movement has to expand. <clears throat> and now I want to bring the woman, I want to bring her to the stage. She's a writer. She writes books that changes people's lives. And her last book is called On Fire, 
a burning case for the Green New Deal. I read that book. I read what she said about Greta Thunberg. I read what she said about a Green New Deal. And I knew I had to get out of my comfort zone and move to Washington, D.C. She means the world to me. Please welcome Naomi Klein. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you all for being here. Um, I'm not going to take up very much time at all because we have just an incredible lineup of speakers here today. But I wanted to be here in part just to thank and honor Jane. Um, she called me at the end of the summer before On Fire was even out. I had sent her a galley. Um, and she said that she realized that she needed to change her life, that she that she was feeling that sense of emergency inside. But of course, everywhere we look, it's just business as usual. It's that suicide investing. It's pretending that the world is not on fire because of course the arsonists are in charge, right? The arsonists are in charge in Washington. They're in charge of the banks. They're certainly in charge at the fossil fuel companies. And so it takes a movement. It takes individuals trusting their gut trusting their hearts that actually we know what's right and then we have to find each other because this isn't something that we're going to solve as individuals this is something that we are going to solve as a movement and fire drill fridays i think what is so special about fire, fire drill fridays is that it's created this amazing entry point right this on-ramp for people who were sitting alone in their homes, feeling desperate and going, you know, am I the one who's nuts or has the world gone nuts? And, and, and it has allowed people this entry point. And all of you, I was here at the first Fire Drill Friday. There were just a handful of people. And look at you now. And this movement is spreading so fast. Because this movement is itself on fire. And this is something we have to understand. We are not going to win the world that we need for ourselves, for our kids, if we kind of sort of want a Green New Deal. We have to be on fire for it. We have to find that fire inside of us and we have to get in touch with the life-giving and healing power of fire. Right? I'm not talking about the fires of annihilation and destruction of the kind that we're seeing in Australia or that we see in California. That is about the misuse of fire. That is about digging up that which should not be burned and putting it in the atmosphere, upsetting the balance of the elements. But power is also a healing force, right? In nature, power clears away the debris, the dead wood, and makes room for new growth. That's why indigenous peoples have always used, flat, used fire to tend to the land, right? So we need to do that. We need to be that fire, and we need to clear away the debris. We need to clear away the dead wood and make room for new growth, and that's what the Green New Deal is all about. So get ready to clear it away. Whatever is holding us back from being in this movement with everything that we have, a lot of us are going to get arrested today. But let us remember that we are not the criminals. We are not the criminals. The criminals are the people who are letting this world burn for money. Those are the criminals. And we are going to clear away all of the debris. The debris of the climate change deniers funded by fossil fuel money. We are going to 
clear away the debris of the distractors telling us everything else is more important. Trump's latest tweet, the royal family's fashions, all of that, clear away that debris. Then we're going to clear away the debris of the doomers, the ones who are telling us it's all too late and we may as well just kind of relax and watch the world burn because they think they're going to be safe. We're going to clear away the debris of the doomers and most of all we're going to clear away the debris of the dividers and we're going to build the most united and powerful movement that we have ever seen the climate strikers in the uk they have this slogan they say greta was the spark but we are the wildfire and that's what we need to be we need to be the wildfire thank you Naomi. Now I want to introduce Tashina Sapawin Smith. She is Ita Zipko, Nyoko Drew, and Hukwapa Lakota of the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation, and a direct descendant of Chief Gull. She's a full time Indian law student and a frontline environmental and social justice grassroots activists fighting against the Keystone XL Pipeline, the Dakota Access Pipeline, and uranium mining in her ancestral homelands for numerous years and continues to do so together to this day. Please welcome Tashini. Hello, my relatives. My Lakota name is Black Shaw Woman. I am from the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation. My mother and father's names are White Mountain Woman and Smoke Twice. My grandmother's name is Yellow Star Woman and I am a descendant of Chief Gall. It is no secret that my people endured violent repercussions for standing peacefully and unarmed in 2016 against the Dakota Access Pipeline in Standing Rock. We saw relatives nearly lose eyes and limbs with the use of non-lethal weapons by the state, or in my case, being viciously mauled by an attack dog from an illegally permitted private security firm that was on the ground. Uh, we've seen the lengths to which the state will go to protect their profit. And right now, again, my ancestral homelands are facing yet another threat, the Keystone XL pipeline, which will snake right underneath the Cheyenne River for which my tribe is named. Man camps are being constructed as we speak. Uh, and I'm not too sure if you, you all know what man camps are, but they are camps in which house the thousands of workers that will be completing the pipeline. One is right next to our reservation border. Now, the thing about man camps is when they're constructed, 
the rates of missing and murdered indigenous people skyrocket and drugs become bountiful. And I see this as no coincidence. We're living in a time where across the globe, millions of people are standing up for their right to human survival, the right for clean air, clean water, clean earth, and to save the very ecosystems that are collapsing right now due to the environmental destruction we've created. We will no longer stand by the decisions made by our world leaders for the sole purpose of profit. It is time now that we rise up. Rise up, my brothers and sisters. Rise up and stand against one million species extinction. Rise up and stand with the original caretakers of these lands, the indigenous people. Rise up and stand against cultural genocide, ecocide, environmental catastrophes, and illegal resource extractions. The time is now that we transition into a new era, away from this fossil fuel addiction. The land for which we stand on has been taken by force to fuel this addiction to pollution, profit, and greed. It is time now, my brothers and sisters, to rise up and stand with the indigenous people. We, the people, are that new era. We are the era that will ensure and protect human survival for the next seven generations. Lila Wopilatanka, for all of you being here today, it means so much to me and my relatives back home. Our house is on fire and we need to put it out. Thank you. Kevin is an author and an environmentalist who in 2014 was awarded the Right Livelihood Prize, which is considered the Alternative Nobel Award. He is the founder of 350.org, which is the first planet-wide grassroots climate change movement. Please I'm going to give you Bill McKibben, who is not here. <laughs> he is currently occupying the Chase Bank. We've got to be here because Chase Bank is the single biggest funder of fossil fuels on planet Earth. They put 196 billion dollars into oil and gas over the last three years they're the ones they're the ones who are paying for the carbon bomb okay they're a carbon major just the way that exxon or chevron or shell or bp are are carbon majors so that's why we're here today uh doing civil disobedience and beginning what's going to be a winter and spring of massive civil disobedience of massive unrest about the financial system we're incredibly grateful to jane and to everybody else for helping highlight these issues for helping us take this vast divestment movement that's focused on the oil companies and now bring it to bear on the banks and the insurance companies and the asset managers 
And as the spring goes on, there are going to be hundreds, thousands of demonstrations like the ones that are happening today. Everybody is talking from the same book now, and we're, we're no longer, there's no longer any doubt in anyone's mind about what's going on. If banks like Chase Bank stopped funding the fossil fuel industry, they could not go on building pipelines. They could not go on making new coal mines and uh, building new LNG terminals and doing all the other things that are making our planet week by week less habitable. When we look at those pictures from Australia, yes, we see the absolute horror of people whose lives are turned upside down and animals that are killed and ecosystems that are wiped out. But we also see fully visible in those flames the dollar signs that led to that conflagration. That's what is at the bottom of the crisis that we face, and that's what we're going to do something about beginning this Friday on this this last, this ultimate DC fire drill Friday, but leading now into the future. So we are so happy to be with you all. Uh, the police have just arrived here, but we're going to be here for a while and we hope we get to see you. And if not, good luck with all that you're doing down there on Capitol Hill. Stop the money pipeline. Amber Valletta was here before, but she's come back to introduce our next speaker. Tara Hauska, Kuchiching First Nation Anashabe, is a tribal attorney, co-founder of the Jinwe Collective. She is currently engaged in the movement to defund fossil fuels and years-long struggle against Inbridge's Line 3 pipeline. Please welcome Tara. How buju ginawa? Shabuikwe and Dishnakazna Shamba Mangmakwa and Dudem. Gojiching and Dunjuba. My name is Tara Hauska. I'm Bear Clan from Kuchiching First Nation. And it's great to see all of you. So I know I'm supposed to yell about the government, their lack of action as the world is burning around us. I know I'm supposed to yell about corporations and their destruction and oppression all over the globe. But the last time I was here, speaking behind a rally podium similar to this one, I came from a resistance camp in Standing Rock. I came from seeing my friends tear gassed, maced, bitten by dogs. I came from being arrested and put into a dog kennel. <laughs> I came from watching cops chase Indians on horses across the plains, shooting at them. History happening again and again. And this time around, I'm coming from a resistance camp in Minnesota where I've been living 200 yards off a, off a proposed pipeline route that wants to go through my people's territory, through our sacred wild rice. So Line 3 hasn't started bulldozing yet, but they're set to get their final permits in the next couple weeks. And they've been busily arming themselves to the teeth in northern Minnesota, which is really crazy to see. And so my message isn't for the system of, with a foundation of slavery and genocide, can we all like point that out? It's not for the companies that are killing our kids' futures for the profit, it's for us. My message is for all of us. We have power. We have so much power. They pull out their tanks when we stand unarmed in front of their machines because they are afraid of us. They use water cannons and attack dogs when we say no with our bodies because they are afraid of us. 
They kill land defenders in the global south that are unarmed, protecting their forests, protecting their territories, because they are afraid of us. We can build the world we want, and we can demand this one changes at the same time. None of this, all of this around us operates without us. So pull your money out of the banks, like Bill said. Run for office, maybe run against whatever office is happening. March in the streets, reduce your carbon footprint, sue the companies, stand in front of the machines. More of us need to stand in front of the machines. And also, when you're doing all of those things and finding how you can contribute, reconnect to the earth. Deeply, irrevocably, reconnect to the earth. Don't just retweet or share this or selfie. It's not good enough. Love the air. The air loves you. Love the sun. The sun loves you. Love the water. The water loves you. The answers are there. We just have to listen. The answers to this crisis are right in front of us. It is a life in balance, not a life of greed. It's a life of love, not of lying to ourselves as we eat traumatized animals in neat little packages, as we click on cell phones that are made by unpaid hands somewhere else that we can't see. We have to have a life of stewardship not just of endless consumption. Stuff will never fill our hearts. Stuff will never make us feel complete. Do not romanticize my words either. I'm hoping that does not happen here today. Native peoples are just 5% of the global population. That's all we are across the earth. We hold 80% of the world's remaining biodiversity. 80%. We figured some things out. And all of you used to know that we just have to remember it together. We all have the answer, so remember who you are. Don't fall into complacency or apathy. You're out here doing something that's so beautiful to see. You are the earth and the earth is power. Build community, stand with love, stand brave, stand fearless, because we're in this together. So, ho, miigwech. I'm going to bring up somebody now. He's not going to speak or anything. I think that he is Certainly one of the greatest living actors today. He just won a Golden Globe for his role in The Joker. Please welcome Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, hi. Thank you, Jane, uh, for organizing this and inviting me, and thank you all for being here. I don't have anything prepared. Um, people have spoken so intelligently and eloquently, um, but something I think isn't oftentimes uh, talked about in the environmental movement or in the conversation about climate change is that the meat and dairy industry is the third leading cause of climate change. And I think sometimes we wonder what can we do in this fight against climate change? And there's something that you can do today, right now and tomorrow by making a choice about what you consume. Um, and I think that it's uh, something that is is doable. I, I struggle so much with what I can do at times. There are things that I can't avoid. I flew a plane out here today, uh, or last night rather, but one thing that I can do is, is change my, my eating habits. And so I just wanna urge all of you to, to join me in, in that and you as well, Jane. And thank you so much for this opportunity. It's so great that he's here. I didn't invite him. He came. Of 
Nation. Now, I'd like to invite Ome Congo Dibinga. He's an upstander. He's a motivational speaker, poet, and positive rapper. He's the host of the talk show Real Talk. Please welcome Ome Congo. Our house is on fire from this climate quagmire. Yes, our house is on fire, but more and more of us are inspired. And we'll keep reaching higher until some of these bank CEOs are fired. We have less than 11 years, but we will have no fear because we understand that the science could not be more clear. And these banks are not as innocent as they make themselves appear. As they defund climate change, we won't shun moral outrage. You see, we've done the work. We followed the money. Financial companies putting Mother Earth on one knee. From Bank of America to Chase J.P. Morgan, these toxic investments are killing her organs. From the lowest to the highest funder of fossil fuel expansion, we will chase through all types of distraction from taking real action. To understand this climate emergency, they must emerge and see that whether we're talking about tar sands and far lands or oil pipelines on indigenous sands, you see, we can't have a Dakota pipeline if it cuts off our lifelines. And for those who say it's wrong to protest, we say it's the right time. Because too many of us are silent, which is the same as being compliant. To continue to put people over profit, it's high time to stop it. We will stay on mission to cut these emissions. For every billion for fossil fuel expansion, moving us closer to defeat, we'll hit the streets with a billion voices and a billion feet until these companies confess that it's best to divest. Every day, we must put their commitments to the test. And we don't care if we risk our careers or risk an arrest, because if we don't act now, there will be nothing left. Because it's not a loss to stop profiting from climate chaos. Put people and planet over profit and you'll never have a financial loss. Because financial fossil fuel profits simply do not fit. A clean earth CEOs, don't you want your grandkids to enjoy it? Instead of having more and more fear, let's get more and more clear. Because we can't take control and force companies to stop investing in coal. For our world's peace of mind, we, the undersigned, are telling you that clean energy transformation leaves no one behind. You see, we've cried hundreds of tears. And our indigenous brothers and sisters have been telling us this for hundreds of years. But today, but today we stand arms locked with Standing Rock. And all these mega banks were demanding you stop. These banks that we've trusted with our life savings are destroying our lives. But we will make them all switch sides because a cleaner planet is the prize. Peace. You're listening to Voices from the Fire Drill Friday's climate protest held January 10th, 2020, outside the U.S. Capitol. This is On the Ground on Pacifica Radio. I'm Esther Ivarum. Stay with us. (laughs) 
Now I want to introduce a woman who's a friend of mine and who I respect deeply. Her name is Kat Taylor. She's an activist and a banker. Currently she serves as co-founder and co-CEO of Beneficial State Bank, a community development financial institution whose mission is to bring beneficial banking to low-income communities in an economically and environmentally sustainable manner. It's not very often that you can welcome on stage an activist to the core who is also a banker. Please welcome Kat Taylor. Just what you weren't hoping for. <laughs> I am so grateful to Jane for this series of stick-in-the-eye protests and especially this one for I come to you as a banker of a different stripe. I came to be a banker from a hunch my husband and I had that something was terribly wrong in the banking system. We started Beneficial State Bank to test and pursue that insight which proved to be true. The banking system is enormously powerful and it's not serving us or society. It's boring and complicated yet important. It's time to make banking sexy as well. We are not separate from each other or from nature and neither is banking. It's not even our prerogative to reject nature but hers to reject us. Like watching the worn back pockets of a jilted lover as she walks out of your life, we realize that she will be fine without us. And we will, in fact, have to eat our lunch all by ourselves. Banking is also in her back pocket. We think of banking as the original and most powerful form of crowdfunding. Not that a specific deposit funds a specific loan, but all deposits fund a lending practice that is very impactful. Banking was designed to do that. Within it, we pool our idle cash, call them deposits, and entrust them to the banks. We even add FDIC insurance to make sure that all our deposits are safe and that the banks can collect them readily and cheaply. Our deposits are their rocket fuel. Their lending is our world. And it really matters because the banks have grown to be the biggest sector in our economy many of them well over two trillion dollars in assets and we lend them approximately 12 trillion dollars in our deposits the banks dwarf every other industry including oil and gas moreover the industry outspends every other industry two to one on political candidacies and lobbying of course we created the banking system in hopes the banks would use our deposits to finance the world in which we actually wish to live a new economy that is fully inclusive, racially and gender just, and environmentally restorative. Yet we get anything but that from the biggest and most influential banks. As you heard just since the Paris Agreement in 2016, the leadership at Chase Bank alone has financed nearly $200 billion of fossil fuel development. Mm. But remember, these are our deposits. We don't have to tolerate the banks using them to destroy our planet. What is fossil fuel without fossil fuel finance? Nothing. And therein lies our solution. If we insist the big banks divest from fossil fuel lending, that action will shut down those industries quickly and orderly. 
We can also move our money to community banks and credit unions free of implication in the fossil fuel disaster and deprive the bigger banks of their rocket fuel. We can encourage regional banks to bring their lending practice into alignment with our values and get out of not only fossil fuels, but payday lending and private prisons. We can insist our regulators take into account the triple bottom line of social justice and environmental well-being alongside financial sustainability. In short, we can change the banking system for good. And in that delta, we can come 180 degrees from banks burning down the planet to banks building an advanced energy economy. We can move, as William McDonough says, not to 0% bad, but to 100% fabulous. Just as we will take back our government from the corporations who have bought it, we will take back banking because it belongs to all of us, even the unbanked. We will turn the tide on climate change. We will turn gray skies of ash to blue skies and seas. We will take to the promised land of beneficial banking and stop climate change in its tracks. Well, I bet you wondered how we'd learn about the way we people burn. The atmosphere protecting planet Earth Between the resident species, what's a human worth? If we can't rally round how we love our land Then the world has other plans Finally I heard it through the pipeline Not much longer would you be my world I heard it through the pipeline that I'm just about to lose my time on the planet Earth. Thanks, you guys. June Diane Raphael from Brexit Project. Hi, I'm so happy to be here, and this is my son, Gus. And he's refusing to wear his green coat because he wants to show you all his red sweatshirt. It is such an honor to be here and to introduce Ariel Sayekwe Denisuline. She is a Denisuline woman, member of the Athabasca Chippewayan First Nation and mother of two. Coming from a family of indigenous rights advocates, fighting for the recognition, sovereignty, and autonomy of their indigenous lands in Treaty 8 Canada. Challenging the largest project on planet Earth, the Alberta Tar Sands. She is the co-founder and executive director of Indigenous Climate Action, Canada's only indigenous-led climate justice organization. My name is Ariel Tsaekwe Durange, and my name means Thunder Woman in my language. I'm very lucky to not have a colonial name, I just have an indigenous name. I want to honor the traditional territory of the Anacostans people whose land we are atop of now. We must recognize that the history of the United States is a history of settler colonialism rooted in white supremacy. African slavery and policies supported by the church and state of genocide and land theft. 
These systems attempted to demonize, devalue, and extinguish indigenous people's languages, political and cultural structures, ideological perspectives, and way of life. All of this was done with the end goal of erasing us from the landscape and from human consciousness. It's time for us to abandon these patriarchal and colonial ideologies rooted in things like the doctrine of discovery and terra nullis. We have always been here and we were never discovered. I come from the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation and Treaty 8 territory. We are Dene Sotlene people. Dene, the very core of that word means to flow from the earth. The land is the very essence of who we are. Our identity is intrinsically linked to the land. It nurtures our bodies, our mind, our culture, and our connections to our role on this planet as stewards. As Tara said, 5% of the global population is indigenous peoples, but we protect and steward 80% of the world's biodiversity. We occupy between 22% and 65% of the land mass. We are the protectors of the land. Today, humanity is facing a global crisis, climate change. Indigenous peoples are not only threatened by colonial policies to eradicate our civil and human rights, but our very culture, our identities, which are directly linked to our places of origin, are now threatened by man-made climate change, precipitated by colonial ideologies rooted in manifest destiny and man's dominion over nature. Yes. We must stop this now. As we witness coastlines rising, changing weather patterns, droughts, floods, out of control forest fires and species disappearing, these impacts are disproportionately felt by communities least responsible for climate change and those most vulnerable in society, including indigenous peoples and land-based peoples who feel it first and most adversely. Yeah. I come from the Alberta tar sands where we are seeing the destruction of our territory. Right now, our lands are being threatened by a mine called the Tech Frontier Mine. Colonization still continues to this day with projects being called Frontier Mines. We had Tara speaking about Line 3, which is a tar sands pipeline. Right now, the Keystone XL is still on the docket to bring tar sands to the United States. And that is coming from my community, where right now the largest mine, the Tech Resources Frontier Mine, is set to be built 17 kilometers from the boundary of my community. It will be larger than the city of Metro Vancouver, over 29,000 hectares of land. It will consume so much water from our river systems, which feed our community. It will contaminate those river systems. It will contaminate our lands. It'll be 30 kilometers from a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It will create six megatons of emissions annually. We cannot afford these projects that don't just destroy indigenous lands and territories and cultures, but exacerbate climate change, which is further marginalizing our communities. It's time for us to reject projects like the Tech Frontier Mine, reject these pipelines, and put an end to climate change now. So I want to do a little chat. When I say reject, you say tech. Reject! Tech. Reject! Tech. Reject! Tech. Reject. Tech.
Right now, Justin Trudeau has a decision on this mine, and he can say no to this mine. So we call on Canada to reject this mine because this mine is being funded by your dollars. Morgan Chase is one of the funders of the Tech Frontier mine, of Line 3, of the Keystone XL project. We must take our money out of these banks. Join our struggle as we fight the Alberta tar sands. We are the strong. We are the resilient. We are the woke. We are the indigenous. Our bodies and our spirits worn by the land. Our minds nourished by the living earth. We are the reimagination to today. We are the visionaries of tomorrow. We are the keepers of the ancestors. We are the woke. Masicho. Thank you, Ariel. Well, Sam Waterston's been here, Lily Tomlin's been here, June Diane, Raphael's been here, the entire writer's room from Grace and Frankie has been here, and now we have Martin Sheen, my ex-husband. Thank you, Jane. This woman has been one of my heroes nearly all of my adult life, and clearly the world will be saved by women. Thank God. Thank God they outnumber us men. You know, the Irish tell the story of a man who arrives at the gates of heaven and asks to be let in. St. Peter says, of course, just show us your scars. The man says, I have no scars. St. Peter says, what a pity. Was there nothing worth fighting for? We are called to find something in our lives worth fighting for. Something that unites the will of the spirit with the work of the flesh. Something that can help us lift up this nation and all its people to that place where the heart is without fear. And the head is held high. Where knowledge is free. Where the world has not been broken up into fragments by narrow domestic walls. Where words come out from the depths of truth and tireless striving stretches its arms towards perfection. Where the clear stream of reason has not lost its way into the dreary desert sands of dead habit. Where the mind is led forward by thee into ever-widening thought and action into that heaven of freedom, dear Father. Let our country awake. a great actor and another profound activist, Susan Sarandon. Thank you. Thank you all for coming and Jane, thank you for being the spark that got this going and everyone who's organized this obviously growing movement here. It's my honor to be able to introduce to you Rebecca Adamson is an American Cherokee business person and advocate. She's the former director, former president, and founder of First Nations Development Institute and the founder of First Peoples Worldwide. Thank you, Susan. Wow, huh? Oh my God. Talk about speakers, I don't even know. We need a new word than speakers. 
Well, I want to start with something my mother used to tell me all the way through my teenage years. I probably even repeated the same inflection she had, but Rebecca Lee, if you don't change directions, you're going to end up where you're headed. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. But I gotta say, if we don't change directions, we are going to end up where we're headed. I've been an indigenous economist my whole life, working around getting principles of sustainability, balance and harmony into this crazy, fierce, corrupt economic system. You were hearing about the indigenous peoples from the other speakers eloquently talking about us. I'm going to give you a couple statistics. Our territories span at least 20% of the Earth's land surface, and we have 80% of the biodiversity. However, as an economist, I have to look at the production of those lands. And today, as we stand here, 39% of all oil, gas, and mining is on indigenous territories. 46% of the future reserves are on indigenous territories. About four indigenous leaders a week are killed for defending their lands, defending indigenous rights, defending the environment, and it's not a coincidence. We need to come together and look at the market. I wanted to talk about the effect you're having in the financial market. I've been a social investor for about 30 years now. That means when I go to make a decision on my investments, I look at the environmental performance, I look at the social performance, and I look at the governance. Social investing has turned into ESG investing, which is growing exponentially in the market. They refer to you in financial markets as social risk. This, you could be civil disobedience or any number of things, but in the market you are recognized as social risk. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We know our government is corrupt. We know our leaders are spineless. You need to know your power is in the market and how to use that power. There are two drivers of social change to get the market where we want it to go. Social media and social risk. You. We talked about the need to organize. We all know social media has been our effective tool for how we come together. But I was asked by the Standing Rock Tribe to help lead the investment strategy under Dapple. And within the first two weeks of launching work against Dapple and the protest campaign getting off the ground, the tribe had over one million hits on their website within the first two weeks. Now that doesn't even include the hits that were on Stop Fossil Fuel, Break Mega Banks, or even the independent standing Dapple website. Two weeks, a million hits with people following everything that was going on. For our day of solidarity, we had 300 events across 50 states and into major international cities in Paris, in London, in Australia. Everywhere around the world, we were having solidarity events. We had 17 banks that were funding Dapple. They lost $4.4 billion in account closures. Jane was even there withdrawing her money at one time. That's significant to these guys. You're now in the market and you're now social risk that could be quantified. We had three banks pull out 
and pull their loans. We also had Yahoo Finance six months into this. 2018 headlines, I'm sorry, 2017 headline said, avoid investing in ETP, period. Get your money. The stock dropped 60% in value. A 60% drop in your value is material risk. ETP lost $7.5 billion at the Dapple site. $17.5 billion is material risk. It's when the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, wants you to make a report on the risk to your investors. It's when the cost of capital starts to go up and your money starts to cost you more to destroy Mother Earth. Social risk in the broadest sense of your protests, of your campaigns, is looking at between 20 and 30 million dollars a week of social losses to the market when you shut down or protest against a site. 20 to 30 million a week. There's 25, as we talk, 25 billion dollars in tied up or stopped mining operations as we talk. Those are lost assets. That's material, material risk, all brought through by social risk. 73% of the risk that corporations face today is non-technical in term. That means you all. Non-technical risk is community protests, it's letter writing, it's campaigns, stopping that work, tying it up. Right now, non-technical risk represents seven, it's the second highest risk in the financial market. The Indian understanding has its basis of spirituality, its recognition of the interconnectedness and the interdependency of all living things. For a people who know everyone is someone's father, mother, son, daughter, aunt, uncle, brother, sister. It is the whole that must survive, not merely a part of it. Protest, be social risk. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. You know, so many people have come from all over the country to be part of the Fire Drill Fridays to engage in civil disobedience and risk arrest. I think close to 600 people have done that and they come from Washington State and Oregon and Colorado and Wisconsin and Arizona and it's pretty amazing. Last week I was on the Steve Colbert show and I asked people who were interested in starting a fire drill Friday where they live because we've heard this from so many people that have come here that they want to go home and start one where they live 4,000 people responded we're building an army folks what you can do is text Jane to 877-877 and we'll get back in touch with you. We don't have a lot of time and we've got to build a big, strong army. You know, the, the last four months, I'm very grateful that I've been able to work with Greenpeace. 
under the leadership of the director of Greenpeace USA, Annie Leonard. They have, uh, they have really made all of this possible. I want to thank you all so much. You know, we've, one of the great things is in the last four months is we've built a community. I look out and I see so many faces that I see every week and I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much. We'll see you again. Hope you'll join us. We're going to walk over now to the Capitol steps. God bless. And actress Jane Fonda will have the last word on today's show. Featuring voices from the Fire Drill Friday's climate protests on January 10th, 2020 outside the U.S. Capitol. Starting on October 11th, 2019, Fonda organized the protests, drawing other celebrities and individuals to engage in civil disobedience, attracting hundreds of thousands online, and ultimately bringing together a coalition of organizations to confront the industries and institutions moving the world toward a climate catastrophe. But as speakers noted, this final D.C. protest turned out to be just the kickoff of a new phase of the climate movement. The next protest is scheduled for February 7th in Los Angeles, and FireDrillFridays.com is the hub for information. This is On the Ground, OnTheGroundShow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital on Pacifica Radio. You can contact us, work with us, support us, and listen to all of our current and past shows on the website we maintain, OnTheGroundShow.org. If you like the show, let us know by liking us on Facebook or Twitter under On the Ground Show. And we are on iTunes and Google Play under the title WPFW On the Ground. The music we play this hour included the notorious B.I.G. Kick in the Door, remixed by DJ Premier. Our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Ivarum. Until next time, keep raising your voice. Peace. <laughs>